0: Welcome to the Holistic Author Show. I'm your host, Kit Kilstow, the author yogi. Each episode, we'll talk about how to recraft the publishing paradigm to help you take care of what matters, you and your creativity. Discussing topics ranging from the publishing business to physical and mental health, and even mind-body balance as you juggle the many duties of being an author today, the Holistic Author Show will help you make the choices you need to craft the right publishing career for you. And now, this week's show. Welcome to the Holistic Author Show. In this week's episode, I want to talk a little bit more about the emotional segment of the Wellness Wheel. In previous episodes, we talked about loving what you're writing and how to cultivate the love of what you're writing. And then we also began our conversation about the Wellness Wheel, talking about how the Wellness Wheel connects with our creativity and how the wellness wheel components, those slices that we've talked about, really impact your creativity and your ability to write and write freely. So one of the slices or hubs of the wellness wheel is the emotional wellness. And while loving what you write is part of the emotional wellness, there is a lot more that goes into that. And that's what I want to dive deeper into on this episode. So emotional wellness talks about how you emotionally feel about your writing. That emotional feeling can be internal, how you feel about your writing, whether you're dealing with imposter syndrome or feeling like you're not writing. It could be how you're emotionally feeling about how prolific you are or how many words you're writing or if you are even writing or taking a break. It also involves how you emotionally feel about the income you are or are not making from your writing, your connections within the larger writing community, and in general how other people feel about your writing and how that affects you. So there's a lot of different pieces to the emotional part of the wellness wheel when it comes to creativity. The way I classify these are Internal and external emotions. So, your internal emotions are how you feel about what you're writing, how you feel about the progress you're making, how you feel about the income you're making, how you feel about how your books are being received, how you feel you fit into the writer, the wider writing community. And That internal component can often overshadow the external component, but the external component involves more how you feel your writing is being perceived, how you feel that you're, you know, you're following what all the experts say. Financially, are you able to, for example, spend money on ads? Are you able to spend money on classes? There's, how you feel and you can control how you feel, but then there's also some external factors that affect your emotions. And while you can control how you feel about those, for example, if you're in a position where you can't afford, for example, to spend money on ads, which is something that a lot of the experts say that you have to do and a lot of authors have had success with. Now, if you're not in a position to spend that kind of money or even to drop money on say, for example, services like book funnel or story origin, or if you're, you know, not even sure you can afford a website, you can control how you feel about that. But in many cases, there may be very little you can do to control that money flow. And so the emotional part of that starts to get a little complicated because controlling how you feel about things may seem a little bit like gaslighting yourself, And we don't want to do that. We don't want to lie to ourselves. We want to be in the moment with the situation. And really that being in the moment or being mindful and applying mindfulness principles where possible, and there's some places where it won't be possible, and I want to talk about that as well, really will help you to not let those emotions overwhelm you. Because I think regardless of... Where those emotions are coming from, or what is causing those emotions, a lot of times authors find that their writer's block, their not being willing to move forward, is caused by emotional weight or emotional situations. And these could be emotional things that aren't even related to writing. For example, we're coming out of winter, if you deal with seasonal affective disorder where you get depressed in the winter because of the lack of the sunlight, if you have depression or anxiety or a mental health condition there in general, then dealing with that, even if it's not related to your writing, can certainly impact your writing and your ability to write and be creative. And so, you know, a large part of that is being present with those emotions, so you can identify where they're coming from, or what may or may not be causing them, and how that relates to your writing. If you are neurodivergent, especially if you're somebody with autism or ADHD, both of those can, both of those um, developmental conditions come with um, the ability to have difficulties regulating or even identifying your emotions, then this part could be difficult. And I I know personally too, when you're kind of in the middle of things, when there's just a lot happening, even just life stuff that's completely unrelated to your writing, a lot of times it's hard to pick apart the little pieces until you have some quiet time, some calm time to kind of sit with everything and figure out what's really happening. And so again, when we're dealing with that emotional piece of the of the right of the wellness wheel, when it comes to authors and because our creativity is so close to our heart and of course we're creating these stories from our minds and from our hearts and our experiences, the emotions get all tangled up in there. And no matter where those emotions come from, it's very important to know their effect on your writing. Before I go too much further, I want to talk about when mindfulness may not be indicated. There are some contraindications for mindfulness. And the big one is dealing with trauma, whether you have um, are dealing with trauma right now, or whether you have PTSD or CPTSD, where you have trauma in your past that that has triggers that goes along with it. And um, com- one of the hallmarks of complex PTSD is you have emotional flashbacks, where You're not in the situation anymore. You're not in the traumatic situation. Whatever is going on isn't really traumatic per se, but it draws up those emotions and it brings up those emotions and puts you in the emotional state. So even though you are not in the same situation as maybe what has happened, something has what we, what, what, you know, I term it or when my spouse and I talk about it, I, I talk about hitting those buttons you know, when you accidentally hit a button on the keyboard and, you know, all of a sudden you look up and there's a string of gibberish, you know, you hit the buttons and something happens. Well, if those buttons are hit, when you have complex PTSD, that can throw you into an emotional flashback where you feel, and you may even physically feel as in addition to emotionally feel like that trauma is happening. And if that's the case, you don't want to sit and be mindful with that trauma because that's painful. That's that's not productive. Instead, we want to work on, you know, slowing down the nervous system, calming ourselves down, doing whatever self-soothing activities really help with that. And then once you are through that emotional flashback, then you can once you're in a safer place per se, you can start to pick through and figure out maybe what caused that and how that's handled. So I would say that if you're in a crisis mode, if you're dealing with severe depression, if you're dealing with you know, PTSD, CPTSD, trauma, I would encourage you to focus on self-soothing and focus on you know, breathing and soothing the nervous system, calming that fight or flight response before you start to really dive deep emotionally and figure out what what happens to be affecting your writing. And if you want more information on that, I encourage you to check out chicken yogi at chickenyogi.com because that is something I talk about there kind of um with my other hat on, my my non-author hat on. So With that being said, how do you figure out those emotions? How do you determine, is it external, is it internal? Really, with that wellness wheel, it's just a matter of spending time with it, being present, and thinking about it. And this is not an answer that may come overnight. It's not an answer that may come immediately what I generally find is when I'm really trying to dig deep with something, it's very much like an onion where you take the first layer off and you're like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm getting deeper into this situation, but it takes several sessions or even, you know, several weeks or months before you finally get to the heart of that onion where you're like, okay, this is where this is coming from. This is, this is where this is important to me. And so, with those emotional areas, I think the first thing is to determine, is it directly writing related? Is it related to the story, your characters, your plot? Or is it externally, the writing community, the money you're making, or even external to that, something with your job, your family, something that isn't even related to your writing, but is certainly affecting it. Once you've determined that, once you've determined is this directly related to writing, is this externally related to your writing, or is this external to everything and is is more rather life stuff, once you've gotten that figured out, then you can look at the emotions of that. You can look at how you're feeling, why you're feeling what you're feeling, and perhaps look at different ways to reframe it. Again, we're not talking about, you know, glossing over situations. We're not talking about, you know, lying to yourself or anything. But if you are, for example, thinking, as many authors do, my writing's not good, nobody's going to like it, you can then take a look at that thought. And that emotional feeling that's impacting your writing and look at it, you know, is this a realistic thought? Well, if you're using things like no one is going to like it, people always hate my books. When you're looking at things like that, that is all or nothing thinking. And that generally is not correct. Life and our books and our writing is much more fluid than that. Much more shades of gray. So once you start to think about it, okay, you know, this is a very fluid situation. This is very shades of gray. You can start to think about, okay, well, where is this coming from? And you can start to think about, is this coming from something inside you? Is this coming from reviews that you've received? Well, if it's coming from a review that you've received, just like, you know, with any editorial advice you receive you know, first of all, look and see if there's any merit to it. If there isn't, if somebody leaves you a bad review and they've totally missed the point of your story, and that that happens probably more often than than any of us would like, then you're like, then you can look at that, and even though that hurts and that stings, you can still say, you know what? This person really missed, you know, the point of this story. This person really didn't get what I was doing that's on them. Then if you look at that and they mention something, and maybe it's something that, you know, a couple of your beta readers have mentioned, then you can be like, okay, maybe I need to look at that some more. If you are receiving consistent editorial feedback from an editor that you're working with, that these things seem to be consistent throughout your work, then that may be something you need to look at. And again, That doesn't mean that your writing is bad. First of all, we all have to start somewhere. Second of all, we all can improve. And I know I just used, you know, some very specific language there. We all have to start somewhere. We all can improve. But I think, you know, in in that case, that is very true. Everybody starts somewhere when they start writing. And one of the goals I know when I was a publisher and as an editor, one of my hopes is that the authors I work with will grow with every manuscript, will take the feedback that they're received and apply it not just to the book that I'm editing, but to their future books. I feel like as an author, you do have that responsibility to continually learn and hone your craft. It's just like a musician, even, you know, one of the big, you know, one of the big bands, you know, depending on your generation, I'm sure you could name, you know, huge megastar rock bands, they still hone their craft. They still play. They still practice. They still get together. They still workshop things. And or at least we hope they do. Um, but the truth is that there's always room to learn and grow and improve that way. And so when you think about your emotions and the way that your emotional wellness part of the wheel really impacts your writing and your creativity, that is where you can start to think, okay, you know, maybe I didn't quite get this storyline correct this way, but I can learn and grow and use this for future books. And you can also think, you know, maybe I'm being too hard on myself. Maybe I need to give myself support and grace and really be my own cheerleader because, that is also how you fall in love with your writing is not, not again, not to not change any words or anything, but you fall in love with your writing because you are its biggest fan. You are its biggest proponent. If you're not able to be a fan of what you're writing and you're not able to enjoy it, then that is an emotional thing that you need to dig into and look into. And we talked about that in the show about loving what you write. And so then we kind of get to those external things. We talk about, you know, a lot of people, especially with the saturated market and the way that, that things are kind of, you know, gamified the, these days. A lot of people aren't happy with what they're making with their books. And the thing is, again, that's a situation where are there things that you can do? Can you promote... Um, Can you promote your books? Can you do more to market? And not necessarily to spend money to market, but even things like promoting them on social media, maybe scheduling a few posts on Facebook, scheduling a few tweets, with the understanding that because of the algorithms, those tweets or posts may not be seen by as many people as you want. Are there ways that you can network with other authors? Maybe do newsletter swaps. Are there ways that you can do things to promote your books to maybe help make some more sales. And again, some of that you have to accept that the market is what the market is. And there's things that the market likes, you know, Amazon likes you to release a book every so often. And that, that time frame is kind of becoming shorter and shorter than it used to be. But also there's a lot of community. And I think a lot of authors Are frustrated with what they're making, but they're also not really telling people about their books. They kind of expect people to discover it organically. Well, there's a lot that goes into that organic discovery of books. And there's also some acceptance there. You know, if you have not been publishing a book for several months, if you have not been promoting your books, then of course your income is going to go down. And that's something that you have to accept and then work to change. If you want to, I mean, your life may be to the point where you're taking a break, but we, the external things, you know, how do you feel like you're received in the writing community? Well, the writing community can be a very wonderful, loving place. And I just want to kind of put a pitch out here for Mastodon. If you don't have a Mastodon account, you can head out to eponaauthor.social and sign up on our server. Because I'm finding, for example, that Mastodon has a lot more connection and a lot more interplay and a lot more response and visibility to the posts that are made on Mastodon than, um, say, Twitter. For example, there was just a discussion, actually, that a few of us had on, on Twitter earlier this week that you could post the same thing on Mastodon that you do on Twitter and a lot more people see it on Mastodon because the there's no algorithm. Things are posted, people search by hashtags, there's some groups that kind of boost it out to a bunch of people, so on and so forth. And so the 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 truth is that while some of that is outside of your control and we need to accept that and we need to decide, you know, why we're writing and how we achieve fulfillment from our writing. But also, I think it's always good to look at new ways of getting our books out there. And again, you know, you can use that to help get you some dopamine, boost the emotional way that you feel about things. And so, when we look at that wellness wheel, We look at that one slice, the emotional wellness wheel, and I think if there's one thing that I'd like you to take away from this show, it's that there's a lot of different things that go into your emotional wellness. In fact, your emotional wellness around your writing is probably the most complicated space on the wellness wheel because your emotions affect so many things and there's so many things that affect your emotions. And when we actually are aware of this, and in many ways, make that emotional part of the wellness wheel a priority. And I think that's important because, for example, the physical aspect of the wellness wheel is much more cut and dried because that has to do more with how your writing affects you physically, what you physically can do your ergonomics of your desk setup, all sorts of things like that. But your emotional aspect of the wellness wheel covers so many things and so many variables that we really have to make that a priority. And that's why I talk a lot about loving what you write, finding those self-care things, finding ways to fill your creative well, because if your emotional aspect of the wellness wheel is there, then that's really going to bolster your creativity and help keep you creative. I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode. I will be going into more detail of the emotional aspect of the wellness wheel and kind of even diving deeper into the things that we've talked about here in future episodes. In the meantime, if you want to try out Mastodon, visit eponaauthor.social and sign up on our server. It is free. There is also the Epona Author community on our Epona Author Solutions website. There's kind of a little social media site. There's some forums and really good ways to network and build that community. And we also have our Discord server. And so there's lots of ways to connect and find that community. I really hope that you choose to join us. Visit podcast.com eponaauthorsolutions.com and check out the podcast, You know, subscribe, like, share, all of that good stuff. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Author Show, presented by Epona Author Solutions and distributed on the Epona Author Radio Network. I've been your host, Kit Kaelstow, the author yogi. If you'd like to learn more about our show, check out our sponsors, or find out how to be a guest, visit podcast.eponaauthorsolutions.com. Title music is Dream House by Purple Planet Music. You can find out more about them at purple-planet.com. Until next time, be well.